Welcome back to season two of It's All in My Head. I am so excited in this season to have some amazing women join me in sharing their journey with endometriosis. I know for me, sharing my story helps me in healing so much. I hope that those who join me will feel the same way. Good morning. I am so excited to share with you my conversation that I had today with Olivia. She is a coworker of mine's daughter who I feel like I know and I have never met. So today was such a gift to get to talk with her and listen to her share her story. Um, some of the audio is a little funky. I'm sorry, but power through because it is just so amazing to hear um, her journey, where she's at now, and I hope it gives you such encouragement. Um, here's my conversation with Olivia. Hello. Hi. Hi. Oh my gosh, I'm <laughs> glad it worked. I was a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, no, it's perfect. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So we're just going to get started. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. I'm so excited to get to talk to you, Olivia. Like, me too. Thank I you feel like for I having should... me. I know, but I feel like I should know you because just through your mom. So it's same. Really That's how to I felt to too. <laughs> <laughs> like I already know you, but I keep forgetting we haven't even met. <laughs> yes. That's the awesome thing about text and I don't know, life. I just love it. So yeah, I'm so excited for you to share your story. And I want to have you start by kind of sharing a little bit about yourself. Um, oh. just so everyone kind of knows where you're at. All right. Um, well, I'm Olivia. I'm 23 years old, or I'm about to be 23 in April. Um, I graduated from college at UC Santa Cruz with a creative writing major, um, an education minor. And then now I'm at SF State getting my teaching credential. Um, and I want to work with like young kids, kindergarten, first grade age, or maybe special ed kids. So that's something amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, That's really like excited. a saint. After having my kids home now, I'm like, oh my gosh, a new <laughs> outlook on teachers. That's crazy. That's what everyone's Crazy, crazy. Saying. Yeah. Oh. Um, so let's start with your story with endometriosis. Um, you can start anywhere you want, just kind of share um, maybe how you um, came to find out you had endometriosis and kind of um, just how it's been going for you. Yeah, it's been it feels like crazy. I feel like it's been kind of like a lifelong thing, but now that I'm looking back on it, but like the symptoms started getting really bad and to the point where I realized like I needed to be seen by a doctor or figure something out, something was wrong with me, like about my like junior year of college. So that mm -hmm. was like two-ish years ago now. It was like at the end of 2017, I started, I met my partner who I'm with now at the end of 2017. And I started, when we met, I start, even on our first date, we were supposed to go out and I told her like I was sick and we ended up just watching a movie at my house because mm -hmm. I kept saying, oh, I think I have the flu and I would like throw up all the time. And at, at this time I was playing, I played um, soccer in college. So I was in the middle of playing college soccer when all of this was happening and I was like, oh, it's just because I'm working out really hard and not resting enough. So I keep getting sick over and over. So for a while, I'm just like, oh, I just keep getting sick. And eventually, like over a period of like three to four months, I was I had met my partner and we had been dating for those three to four months. And she just like saw me go from 
like sick to like really sick and I Mm -hmm. like lost like 25 pounds I was trying to like play soccer still but my body was like deteriorating we would try and go out to dinner and I would eat the food and we had eaten there before and I loved this place and then I would just throw it all up um like immediately after we left the restaurant or even sometimes at the restaurant um and so we just started like not going out as much and like just staying in I, I would never go out to eat anymore um, I didn't eat as much in general. I pretty much just ate like power bars because everything would make me throw up or upset my stomach. So I just felt really sick and I would have these weird like fainting episodes where I like one time it happened where it was like six in the morning and I was sweating through my clothes in the middle of the night and my partner woke me up and was like, are you okay? You're sweating through your clothes. And I was like, she was trying to wake me up, but I also was like losing consciousness as she was waking oh me up. So I felt like really confused and I just like sat up and I was like, I don't know, I don't feel very good. I'm just gonna go get some water. And then I went downstairs. This is all while I'm living at my like college house. So there's like seven girls in one tiny house and one mm-hmm. tiny bathroom and that's downstairs. So I, I walked downstairs to get some water and like the next thing I know, I was like, I came to sitting on the ground in the bathroom and the water was oh, spilled. God. Yeah, and I was like, wait, what is going on? And I like walked upstairs and I was like, I don't know what's going on, but something's wrong. You need to take me to the hospital. And she was like, what? And so um, I, w- I kept going to the hospital over and over again because of episodes like that, because it was really scary. I would just like all of a sudden lose consciousness and we thought something was wrong. And the hospital doctors would always just be like, oh, you have anxiety and like give mm-hmm. me a pill or something or something in my IV. And I would fall asleep for like three to four hours and wake up and be really confused. And then whoever was there with me would take me home. And um, so that just kept happening. And then my parents were telling me, like, stop going to the hospital. They're not going to do anything for you. And it's really expensive. And I was like, yeah, like I was thinking that to myself. The hospital isn't helping me, but I just didn't know what else to do in those situations. And so I remember when I was lying in bed and I was having one of these episodes where I was like coming in and out of consciousness and just the pain in my stomach was so severe I was getting like this hot flash all over my body and sweating and like would kind of fainting and coming back too and I called my mom and I was like I don't know what I'm supposed to do I was like freaking out I was like I don't want to go to the hospital again but this keeps happening to me and it's really bad and she didn't know what to do either and she's a nurse so I was hoping that like by calling her and my dad's a nurse practitioner that you know she would know what to do and she didn't have any ideas and so um she talked to you (laughs) at (laughs) at some point yeah and and you suggested like oh my goodness I was misdiagnosed for all these years you should go see this specialist and and up until that point I had seen like every other specialist under the sun like I had I had a colonoscopy an endoscopy you know all these other things my primary physician that I'd been seeing for like two years down there was on maternity leave during this time. So I was just seeing random like doctors that I'd never seen before. Um, and I just had gotten all this blood work done and done all these tests. And it was like getting so frustrating and annoying to keep being told like nothing's wrong with you or we didn't find anything. And so my mom called me back at some point after she had talked to you and was like, um, 
you should go see the specialist. I'm going to make you an appointment. Like my friend Amy told me about this and Mm -hmm. she saw this doctor and I'm like, okay, like at this point, I'll literally try anything. (laughs) So, so, um, I went and saw the same doctor that I think you saw. And within like 20 minutes, he was like, you have endometriosis and you might have PCOS, which is like the cysts on your ovaries. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, I remember in that moment feeling like, what? There's no way. Like, I had gone through such extensive testing, and I went to this guy, and I only saw him for 20 minutes, and he told me, like, diagnosed me and gave me a, like, surgery and all this stuff. And I'm like, what? There's no way. It was kind of like, I couldn't believe it. I didn't think it was real. I kept thinking to myself, like, oh, no, like, this is wrong, or, like, something's going to happen, like, or it's not going to fix me, or whatever. And so... And, like, there's, like, this background info of, like, I've had health issues in the past where, like, I kept complaining of the same things over and over again and wasn't really heard by doctors. And it took them, like, five or six years to diagnose me finally. So I have this kind of, like, prehistory of being very skeptical and, like, feeling like I have to really advocate for myself and not knowing how and being young. And so I just, like, couldn't believe it. And then... um like two months later after that this was so I had stopped playing soccer at this point because I was so sick and I was like okay I'm getting surgery and it was in June of 2018 so I started having like my terrible symptoms the end of 2017 so this is the it's been getting just like progressively worse for like six months but I look back on like my whole life and I can see symptoms that happened throughout my entire life that I just thought were normal Um, but it definitely had gotten worse for some reason. Oh, actually, I, I know why I had been on birth control. I had the one in my arm, not the IUD or anything, but, or the pill, but the one in my arm and I took it out because I didn't feel like I, I felt like I didn't need it. And, and I didn't know maybe at that time that that was probably helping like keep my symptoms at bay a little bit because I didn't even know I had this disease. So yeah. Yeah, it, that was about, like, six months after I took it out of my arm is when I started having, like, these more intense symptoms. So I don't know if that played a factor in it or whatnot. But long story short is I got the surgery in June of 2018. And I, like, so when I had, I've had surgeries before in the past for other issues. And, like, I was pretty much just, like, fixed after the surgery. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, it was just quick improvement, quick recovery. And so... I was kind of expecting that to happen in this situation again. And, and actually there was like this other crazy part where this, the doctor called me the day before, like a few days before my surgery and was like, this woman really needs this surgery. Would you mind postponing yours? Like um, a few days or a week or something. And I said, yes. And so when I went to my surgery, I was getting, I was really nervous for some reason. I felt like super scared that I was going to like die or something. I don't know why. Mm just having severe anxiety and I had had surgery before where I didn't have that much anxiety so I don't know why for some reason this felt super scary to me and this woman who I had postponed my surgery for like wrote me a card I don't don't know who this woman is yeah at all I still have the card and it just kind of like totally calmed me down like reading it she was so nice and like so that definitely helped me get through it but I think I had unrealistic expectations of what it was going to be like afterwards Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, I'm just going to be fixed after and I'll feel great in like a week. And I remember waking up from the surgery and being like, oh, my gosh, like this is the most like severe pain I've ever felt. I felt so like 
out of it and nauseous and just like my stomach felt like somebody had just beaten my stomach up. And, and so I remember like asking the nurse, when can I have the pain medicine? When can I have the pain medicine? And she was like, um, you have to go to the bathroom and walk around or something like that before, or drink some water before you can get any pain medicine. So I was like, I don't like, I will do that right now. Like I was in so much pain. (laughs) I was like, I don't care. It had been like 20 minutes since I'd come out of surgery. I'm like, let's go. And so I got all that done with first and she gave me the pain medicine. And then my partner drove me back to our place in Santa Cruz and I recovered there. And my partner pretty much took care of me the whole time while I was recovering. And it was hard because my room is upstairs and the bathroom and the kitchen and everything um, was downstairs. So I had to go up and down the stairs a lot, which was really difficult. And they're very steep stairs too. So she would have to like help walk me up and down the stairs and um, help me get in the shower and like help me like literally lower myself down on the toilet to go to the bathroom because it yeah. hurt so, so bad that I couldn't even like get down, um, like lowering myself there. And it just felt all the time like I had done like somebody had just beaten my abs up. That's what it felt mm-hmm. like. And so I was taking the, the they were prescribed me oxycodone and I was taking that and it just kind of like made my like digestion symptoms a lot worse. And mm-hmm. so I just felt like I didn't know what to do. I was like, I mean, the pain is terrible and I definitely feel like I need something to help with the pain. But then once this wears off, the pain is ten, like 10 times worse because it messes up my digestion and the effects of the pill were wearing off. So I was having like double pain. So I kind of just was like, this isn't helping me. So I stopped using that and I got like CVD stuff to help me. Uh-huh. And that definitely made it better, but it was still just like a really rough recovery that I was not yes. expecting. And then um, I just had a really rough time recovering. Like I, you know, started throwing up again and it was three weeks out and I was confused and thought I was supposed to be feeling better. And it just kind of like took me up until like almost like a few months ago, probably like mm-hmm. three to four months ago to start feeling like I could just like be back to like somewhat of a normal life so it's been like yeah I mean two two and a half years now and yeah just for the first like year after surgery I just kind of was like not living the life that I was used to I've always been an athlete and like I mean I was playing college soccer so I would exercise you know two to three times a day and I had I was full-time at college and just like had a very busy life active life and like after the surgery I just kind of like didn't really do anything like I took one online class I went to work like three days a week and then that was it really the rest of the time I just kind of spent in bed and like wasn't feeling better and thought there was going to be like this automatic fix and didn't really understand like what having a chronic illness meant like I just assumed that I don't know somehow there'd be like this magic pill or surgery that would just cure all my symptoms and I would be like back to normal And so, like, it took me forever, and, like, it was definitely, like, super emotional process and anxiety-provoking, like, not understanding, just thinking, like, is this how my life, is is this how my life is going to be from now on? And, like, having that anxiety of, like, oh, my gosh, like, nothing's like how it was, and all I can see going forward is, like, a worse life. So I was really freaked out, and I got the IUD for birth control, and that was supposed to be, like, my post-op plan. Um, And then I just like still didn't, I would just still have severe pain pretty frequently. And like, 
definitely it had gotten like a little bit better, but it was still like not livable. I felt like the mm-hmm. symptoms I was still having. And so I cut out like dairy and gluten and was like trying all these different things in anti-inflammatory diet, like cutting out lectins and like eating mostly plant-based and all these different things, which took time because when I was living in college, I didn't really have the like means or the fridge space to like have like yeah basically be on like a healthy diet that was good for me so it took up until I had moved out of my college place to like start really investing in my diet like that but long story short is I ended up seeing this doctor at UCSF who prescribed me this medicine called Orlissa and I started taking that I mean it's only been like three months now and all my like it's hard because I wanted to try it to see what would happen and if it would help. And all of my symptoms went away except for now I'm gaining a bunch of weight back. So I don't know. That's like one of the side effects of the medicine, I think. So it's like, there's always these pros and cons to like pretty much anything I try. I feel like, yeah. And so it's been hard. And like, I don't feel like I've found like the perfect, like, um, combination of things to help me yet but I definitely feel like a lot better I've started like getting back to exercise in the last like three to four months which is really nice and feels good um, and it's just like finding that balance of like listening to myself but also like I've kind of fell into this like not doing anything cycle for a while and so it's like finding the balance of like when to push myself and when to listen to my body and like take a break so that's kind of where I'm at now, but it's it's yeah. been a long journey. <laughs> it has, and it's so, I think it's so cool that you shared that part about surgery because I feel like when I talk to people, a lot of times people will tell me, you know, I had surgery and I'm in remission. And I don't think that's yeah real. I don't think a lot of people get, you know, get that process. And I, for me, because I had surgery and a hysterectomy, it, I feel like it took right. over a year to feel better, but. I feel like I've even had other friends that have had surgery and they feel the same way you are. I still feel horrible. I still Mm -hmm. feel bad. And, and I think that we don't give our bodies enough time to like really heal. Like it's not, it's not simple to go inside and cut up everywhere in your inside. Yes. And expect, but it's so, you know, I think we put such unrealistic expectations on ourselves and our bodies to like just, cause we are like, go, 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 you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I that's exactly how I felt and I was just like not prepared at all for what this was gonna be like um but it's definitely been like a huge learning experience I feel like like obviously nobody wants to have a chronic illness but I don't know I'm at the point now where I'm seeing the silver linings and like things that I can take away from this and I think that like most people in college that I would talk to didn't have like the perspective that I have on like life or you know, health or anything like that. So there's just definitely been some like positives to take away from it, which I feel like I'm happy to be in that mindset now because for so like my mindset has gone all over the place. I remember being like really fearful and then like kind of depressed and like, oh my gosh, is this my new life? Like this sucks. And so I'm happy to be where I'm at now and feeling like I And it took me longer than I expected. So like, I feel like my number one advice to anyone would be like, it's going to take a long time and that's totally normal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. Be kind to yourself. Like it is going to take time. Yeah. And don't, don't 
rush yourself or force yourself into like feeling like you're you're not doing what you need to be doing because sometimes time is just like what your body needs yeah yeah what do you feel like has given you the most support through all this all your journey because it's it there is so many ups and downs and anxiety and depression what's what do you feel like gives you the most support oh my gosh like (laughs) there's I think I mean I feel like my partner was like the person that got me through it like I had a lot of people in my life that were supporting me and and you know, trying to help me through it, but she really just saw me deal with a lot and like was there for me and would get me food or my heating pad or my medicine or whatever. And I just feel like I have been a very like independent person my whole life. And like, oh, I can, even since I was like four years old, like little, I would always be like, I can do it myself and never really feeling like I needed anyone to, you know, help me with stuff. And almost to a fault sometimes. And then this situation kind of forced me to be like, you can't do this alone. You need help right now. And you need to accept it. And so just yeah, like leaning on other people. I don't feel like this is something I could have gone through like alone. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's what got me through it the most. And like recently I've been seeing like a therapist, which has been really helpful too, to just like talk about all the like, anxieties that kind of got embedded in me through this whole process and I didn't even realize had like created so much fear I'd never really been like scared of like or experienced even though this was not like close to like a near-death experience for some reason like my emotions and my mental felt like I was gonna die or something and so it's like Mm -hmm. trying to process like the mental side of that of being like oh wow I'm really scared for myself right now and I'm young and like, what is this going to happen? And so definitely seeing like a therapist has helped with like processing those anxieties and understanding like where they come from and that they're not real or they're, they're valid, but they're not real. Like that's not going to come through. I'm okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that has been helpful. And yeah. So talking about it, definitely. That's why when you, asked me to be on the podcast I was like yes I would love that because every time I share my story I feel like I kind of heal a little bit more talking about it and having other people totally (laughs) I think that it is so healing and it's so healing not just I I feel like it is almost selfish in some ways because it's it's like healing for you but you're helping so many others in the process (laughs) there's nothing negative about sharing your story there's only positive so that's great (laughs) Yeah. So you feel like this experience brought you closer to your partner oh my gosh. than it would have been if you were just dating, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cause it, I mean, it was <laughs> it's like, throw yeah, you in. Literally, That's exactly what it felt like. It was like six months in and I was like, I literally need you to help me go to the bathroom. So like, so, I mean, there's no other option really. And like, luckily I had found someone that, you know, was up for all of that. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, definitely yeah. brought us closer and yeah, just definitely I feel like prepared me for like reality <laughs> and like at a young age yeah. which like I feel like most people dating at this time in their life are like, "Oh, we're traveling and we're going out." And that just like wasn't our experience and it's kind of shaped our relationship and each of us in our own ways to be just like more prepared, I feel like for what yeah. life is going to be like in the hard times and just more grateful for the good times and stuff like that and our health and whatnot. Yeah. That's so amazing. I wanted to ask, cause we're in this crazy yeah. 
crazy time right now. (laughs) We're like all in self-isolation. We're all in the unknowns. And as far as endometriosis goes, a lot of stress can make symptoms worse. So what are the things that you're doing right now during this crazy time to try to like calm yourself? Yeah, I feel it's been really crazy. Like the last kind of few months, even prior to this, because while we're on lockdown now, prior to that happening have been kind of stressful. Like, um, my the school that I work at flooded and like there was just a lot of other things going on and I could tell my symptoms were like getting stronger in a way or like coming back more intensely mm-hmm. the more I was stressed out and like I would not was not really giving myself enough time I didn't felt like I didn't have the time and I wasn't prioritizing it to like take care of myself but one thing that like immensely helped me I learned this from your podcast too your podcast is another thing that really helped me like <laughs> figure out like roads or paths that I could take that or other options for things that could help me but yoga like I used to be a runner and running used to de-stress me like mentally but I physically could not run anymore like I just felt like I could not run like that was not something that ever made me feel good anymore so I wanted to find something else that was like incorporated my body and felt good and so I got this gym membership that was like a cheap gym membership and there was, there was yoga classes at the place, but not, it wasn't primarily yoga. And I was like, I'll just try it out and see what happens. And like each week I would try to go at least two to three times a week. And it would just really like, I would co- go into it feeling so stressed out and I would come out of it just feeling like, you know, way more relaxed and like, it is what it is and whatever happens, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a really important time for me to spend with myself so yoga has definitely helped and not having access to those classes right now has been like I've noticed that take an effect on me so I've been trying to find like YouTubes of yogas that I can do by myself um in like the backyard which definitely helps me um and like going on walks helps me I have one thing that's helped me a lot is I got a golden retriever puppy (laughs) yes about a year old (laughs) and having an animal definitely is just like comforting because they'll lay with you when you're sick and then when you're feeling good and you take them on a walk it's nice for both of you so having my animal trying to do yoga even though I don't have the class um and going on like just little walks where they're not strenuous but you just have a chance to get fresh air and clear your head has helped me a lot to not be stressed out um And I mean, I've been trying to take it as like a, although this is crazy right now and scary, like what are the positives to not having like that busy, busy, go, go, go life right now? And yeah, having more time to like focus on taking care of myself and like finding the things that work for me right now in this time that I do have time. So when I do go back to my crazy life, when all of this hopefully clears up soon, um, I'll have those tools ready to me. Yeah. I love that. I <laughs> love you. that. Um, what do you see for your future? What do you see for like endometriosis or yourself? Cause it is a chronic, chronic illness and you will have it, yeah. you know, I don't think there's a cure coming up anytime soon, but what do you envision? What do you hope for? I think that my like ideal vision, like the best case scenario would be like, I feel not like my old self, but like 
my you know, my new self with all of this combined, but the best new self that I could feel. So I'd feel like I'd say like most of the time I feel great. And the times that I don't feel great, I am able to listen to my body. So the most important thing for me, like going forward be would be to like figure out that balance between listening to my body and capitalizing on the moments where I do feel good. And I'm still figuring out like how to do that all the time. So I feel like once I have that figured out, everything's going to be a lot easier for me. Um, and like, I think yeah. something that goes hand in hand with that is like being able to say no and being able to be like, you know, I really don't feel good. And unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to do that today, which is something that's really hard for me. So kind of working on that side of it. Um, and then also just mm-hmm. like my future, I definitely want kids. And so that's something that is on my mind because I know that this can make it more difficult to have kids. And I don't really know. I haven't looked into that because I'm not ready at this point in my life right now, but that's something that's on my mind. So best case scenario would be it isn't hard and it all works out and I'm able to. Yeah. um, So that's just best case scenario is I feel the best I can most of the time. And I learn how to take care of myself more and, also just like helping other people who anytime somebody comes and talks to me about like, oh, my stomach's been hurting all the time and they start saying their symptoms to me. Like my first reaction is, have you been talk or has anyone talked to you about endometriosis? Because like, like I've seen all these doctors and, you know, so definitely like helping other people is important to me in the future too. And like, I yeah. think that I kind of have been somewhat disconnected from like the endometriosis community especially lately with everything going on and like being kind of cooped up. Like that's why I was looking so forward to the end of March. I felt like I was going to really connect with people who were experiencing some of the same things I've been experiencing. And so Mm -hmm. I'm bummed that that's canceled. And I think that would be another thing that I look forward to or value in my future is to whenever we're able to have that March kind of connect with more people who are going through this and understand what, endo means on like a broader scale not just to myself and my own experience I love that I love that and this this leads into my last question and and feel free if you're not comfortable but like if you feel comfortable putting out maybe an email or Instagram for people who have endometriosis or are questioning that that's how we can build our community right now right we are separated but we don't have to be I mean I would be more than happy to my you have my email it's oh O Stewart, yes. so O S T E W A R T at U C S C for U C Santa Cruz dot edu. Um, and then my Instagram is Livster the Hipster. <laughs> so love it. And I will put it on the notes when I type it up so people can link to you. But I think that's so awesome because we're all going yeah. through this and we all are in different spots, but we can all support each other. Yeah. You know, that's why I love yeah. this. So much, I mean, so. I wouldn't have made it through. I wouldn't have even be diagnosed right now if it weren't for you. So <laughs> oh. that's just overhearing. I just heard your mom talking and I thought, you know what? Yeah. I'm just going to say it. And sometimes it's hard to put that out there, but yeah, I'm glad I did. And I'm so, so thankful you shared today. Like, I thank am you so for thankful. having me and for everything. This is awesome. Like, I'm so grateful to have to know you and to be on your podcast. So yeah. Thank you. It's helped me a lot. And I hope, yeah. you know, it can reach even more people. Yeah, it will. I'm sure it will. And thank you so much. And I can't wait yes. to see you in person. Soon, 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 soon when soon. all this clears up. <laughs> all right. Thank you so yes. much. 
Okay, you have you a too, really good day. You. Okay. Bye.